Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, May 14th, 2023. Pastor Paul Talberg. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so that they too may share the joys that Jesus has won for them. Here's Pastor. It's taken from the same reading from Peter. Peter, you may recall, was with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he fell asleep while he was on duty. Uh, Peter, you know, followed him to the judgment hall, and Peter denied him, even though the Lord warned him. It was so troubled Peter that he was kind of a fickle friend for Jesus that he had a hard time wrapping his head and his heart around the truth that God forgave all his sin. It's a simple truth. The Lord's apostle needed to have that drilled into him. So even at breakfast time, the Lord came up to him one time and said, Hey, be about my business, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. So now he is called upon God by God to write a letter that God's going to teach him the words to use. And it talks about staying connected to the one that he now knows loves him beyond all measure. So we're going to hear about that again today. Stay connected to Christ. It starts off like this. Can anyone really harm you for being eager to do good deeds? Even if you have to suffer for doing good things, God will bless you. So stop being afraid. Don't worry about what people might do. Honor Christ and let him be the Lord of your life. Always be ready to give an answer when your conscience is and keep your conscience clear. Sorry, try it again. Always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. Give a kind and respectful answer. Keep your conscience clear. This way, you'll make people ashamed for saying bad things about your good conduct as a follower of Christ. You're better off to obey God and suffer for doing right than to suffer for doing wrong. Christ died once for our sins. An innocent person died for those who are guilty. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our defender. Amen. There are a number of things that pop up in this particular reading. One of them is be prepared. Be prepared. That means you get ready. And that's not just here with Peter. It's scattered throughout the whole Bible. In the Old Testament, in the book of uh, Jeremiah, it says, Stand ready and be prepared. John the baptizer said at the beginning of his ministry, Prepare, make ready the way for the Lord. And then Jesus himself said, Therefore you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Always be prepared. See, Jesus is the real God. He really lived. He really knows what it's like to be in this world. He is like us in every way except he has no sin. So he knows all about the temptations. He knows all about all the things that are trying to get in between God and people. So he says, be prepared. 
and he's a realist. Jesus knows that if you are prepared for him and for his return, that means that you're not going to be living like other people around you in this world, and so there is inevitably going to be suffering. And nobody likes to suffer. Nobody likes pain. Nobody likes loneliness. Jesus, quite frankly, did not like to suffer. We have recorded in his word where he's begging his heavenly father if there's any other way to save this group of people, do it the other way. Yet not what I will, Father, but what you will. So we know that Jesus is the only way, and we know that he willingly went that way to remove our debt, to pay off our sin, to open up heaven's doors for us. So we're always ready to tell people about that, even in the time of suffering. Jesus says, Blessed are those who persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And how can that be like this? For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. And that is the theme that goes through all throughout Scripture, that God did this great exchange, took all of my sin, put it on Jesus, took Jesus' holiness and gave it to me. And that has an effect. Here's another one. For his sake, the Apostle Paul is writing this, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things. He was put in jail. He was put on a boat, shipwrecked. He was whipped. He was sent to a place to expect himself to be beheaded because he would not stop talking about Jesus Christ. He says, I count all things as lost, count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, but the righteousness that comes through faith, the righteousness of, from God that depends on faith. Such a simple way to get people into heaven. God says, I will do it for you. God gives us the means of grace so we hear it. God works that means of grace to create faith in our hearts, and then God keeps that faith alive with the same word. And we keep on missing it. So in confirmation class, I said, I don't, I, why, why go to church if God's already saved me? I don't get that. And my confirmation pastor told me what his confirmation pastor told him, what his confirmation pastor told him, all the way back to the apostles. Because in confirmation class, you hear about what God is doing with his people. And permit me now just to read this to you from the catechism. What do the scriptures teach about our life in the church? They teach that we should always be ready and remain members of God's invisible church by trusting in Christ our Savior. They teach that we are to be faithful to that visible church which professes and teaches all of the Bible's doctrine purely and administers the sacraments according to Christ's institution. They teach that we are to avoid false teachers, false churches, 
false organizations that promote a religion that is contrary to God's word. They teach that we are to maintain and extend God's church by telling others about Jesus Christ, by personal service, by prayer and financial support. That's what I was taught. That's what I'm teaching our current generation of confirmands. That's what my pastor was taught by his pastor and his pastor before him. The reason why that's important is because Peter wants us to know that he serves the same God that we serve, and we all serve the same God that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego served. That means that our lives are really different from the culture around us, and people can see that. That also means that we serve a God who is above all powers, limitless in his love and patience, who wants people to be saved. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in case you're not familiar with that Bible history, they were three guys who were ripped away from their families shum, because their land had been conquered. So they were taken as prisoners of war into another country. And there, their king said, you know, I need some guys like you in your, your late teens, maybe 20s, yeah. We'll, we'll use you guys. We'll teach you our language. We'll teach you our custom. We'll teach you how we worship our idols, and we'll give you our idol food, and then uh, we'll have you put up into a political office to look over things. When you read the book of Daniel, you'll find out that those young men listened to that king, did everything except disobey God. They did not disobey God. They found a way to show respect, and God found a way to honor them and lift them up. They became really, really high muckety-mucks in that empire. How cool is that? But when you're a high muckety-muck in an evil empire, guess what? People are targeting you, and they want to take you down. So through some trickery, the bad guys got a law that says you have to worship a gold idol that the king's going to put up there, uh, not, not all the time, just for a short period of time, and will give you a cue. When you hit the organ music, boom, and the trumpets, and the drums, then what will happen? You all bow down. The king will be happy. You all live. Fine. Well, they didn't do that. And it's kind of obvious because they were standing when everyone else was bowing. So the king says, oh, I like these guys. I really like these guys. So he brought them into his private chambers, shut the door to the Oval Office, and he said, guys, this is what you do. You, you, maybe you didn't understand that, that I live up there, and you, all you have to do is fall down and worship me in here. Nobody else will know, just you and me. A perfect time Satan has set up for them to disavow God and kill their faith. This is how they responded at that time of testing. It's absolutely incredible. These young men, they said, Sir, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if he does not deliver us out of your hand, O king, be it known to you, O king, that we still shall not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. 
That's the God they served. Guess what? God protected them. Everybody knows about the three men in the fiery furnace. The guards that threw them in, the guards died from the heat. Everyone knows that they fell in with their hands tied, fully clothed, into a blast furnace. And there's no screaming, there's no writhing in pain. And when the king said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, they simply walked out. And they were surrounded by people who smelled their clothes, looked at their hair, it's not singed, no smoke. That is the God we serve. The God who has limitless protection, limitless power, limitless knowledge and wisdom. That's how come the Lord says, when you're talking, let your conversation always be seasoned with salt. You are an ambassador for that God of ours. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows what's going on in our country, in the world. He knows what's going on in your heart and in the other person's heart. Let your conversation always be seasoned with salt. The word he used at the first half of our reading was holy. That means I have no sin and I hate sin, both things. We don't do those very well, but God says when he baptized us, he brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, and he washed us clean. So when God looks at me, he sees someone who is holy, not because of me, but because of God who loved us and sent his Son to take away my sin. So he's cleansed us. I'm washed in what has happened, and I'm connected to Jesus through that wonderful gift of baptism. And then he pauses in his letter, and he says, by the way, remember that he was made alive and he marched through hell. He did not go into hell to suffer. Pastor, how do you know that? Well, I know it because God says in his word. Pastor, what does he say? He says, on the cross, it is finished. All the suffering is done. All, everything's paid in full. So why did he go into hell? It was not to suffer. It was to announce his complete and total victory, temporal and eternal, over sin, death, and the devil. And he marched through hell on his way, and he walked out of the grave on Easter morning. Wonderful good news. That's the God we serve. He wants you to know that. The same person said these words. Amen, amen, I tell you, the one who believes in me will do the works I'm doing, will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, hold on to my commands. I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. So in this little section of Peter, what happens is the Lord says he uses his word and sacraments to connect us to himself. And then he says, I give you my word and sacraments so you can stay connected to me. So do that. Listen to God's word. 
pray, praise, and give him thanks for all that he does in your life. Follow what he says. And use your words and actions in the kindest possible way, seasoned with salt, as the scriptures say. And I wonder if you caught that little promise at the very end. He promised to send another counselor. And soon we're going to be celebrating that day. It's called Pentecost. Pentecost is when God kept his promise and sent the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit kept his promise and equipped his disciples and sent them out to the world. And then the disciples did what was promised and they spread that good news to others. We serve a God who keeps his promise. And that is wonderful news for us. It's wonderful news for you. Because God loves you and gave up his only son so you could be with him in heaven. Peter had a hard time getting his head wrapped around that. But when he did, he was a fireball. Someone who just could not wait to tell you the good news. In Jesus' name, so let us live this week. Amen. And now may God's peace, which goes beyond our human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.